think about yourself growing up, what gave you happiness in life? Getting a new toy and having a toy and playing with it. You can see that most of the toys are brightly colored, pinks and purples, some blues. Orange doesn't necessarily sell as well. These are all rechargeable, and that last group are actually battery operated. Most of these are also silicones, and it's waterproof to 100 feet. Some of the versions of this actually have memory in it. Hi, I'm Christine Barksdale, the owner of Sustainable Passion, a sex-positive, women-centric adult boutique. It's a toy. And she grabbed me and was like, we are very happy. <laughs> I'm not afraid to fail. Bad sex is unacceptable. Like a pimp is what I felt like. You can get some garbage out there. So I do feel like having this store is part of my identity. How many of your parents talked to you about sex in a good way? My mother talked to me about masturbation when I was 12. And she said, it is natural, it's normal, it's between you and your body, and no one can make you feel guilty. You're tuned to listener-supported WRFI. This is difficult. This ain't New York City, man. I was watching an episode of Oprah back in 2007 or 8, and it was about passion parties. And six months later, I was once again at home, and it was the exact same episode, the same one. I believe that the universe speaks to you. And so I was like, oh, maybe that's telling me I should be doing this. So I decided that I would try first to do passion parties. It's like a Tupperware party for sex toys. We had snacks and wine and toys laid out and massage oils and candles. So I did my first party. It was about 25 women at one of my friend's house. And during the next couple of weeks, people would walk up to me and be like, when are you going to have another party? You know, kind of whispering it to me. And I thought, huh, this is interesting. And then I kept waking up in the middle of the night, and once again, the universe was speaking to me, and I was like, right, I should open a store. I think first they're sort of trying to survey. If I know they're really uncomfortable, I'll show them around. I'll say, you know, hey, let's look around. What do you want to see? And show them some things that, you know, make them feel less stressed, and then we'll go. So then this room um, is a room that's mostly lingerie, and there's jewelry, and there's lubes. Um, there's glass stuff in the case. Most of those are locally made. These are more health things, right? So Kegel stuff dilators to strengthen your pelvic floor. This necklace is actually a vibrator. Real sharp looking though, isn't it? <laughs> you know, those things are pretty. The floggers and whips and stuff. I don't tend to carry stuff that's just not pretty. <laughs> that's the only way I can describe it. My oldest customer who came in was 92. Um, I hugged her. I was so happy that she came in. And I've had people as young as 16 who came in with their parents. Oftentimes, I've gotten people who've never been in a sex toy store before, and I can always tell, right, because they're not just popping in. They always whisper, too. You know, I, I, I was sort of curious, you know. 
And I had a lady come in a couple months ago, and she's like, this is my first time, and I think I need a sex toy. And I was like, well, come on in, you know, like, let's see what we got here. People can't be able to look in from the street to see toys. That's actually illegal in New York State. So the window has to be covered. We wanted to check out the cock rings. Okay. And I'm looking for products first that are body safe. So typically my things are made from silicone, glass, wood sometimes. They could be ceramic or another non-toxic rubber. So nothing with phthalates in it, no parabens in the lubes. This one is probably one of the better sellers. I think because it's non-threatening, it's really simple. It comes in a couple different colors. The purple, this color, is the color that sells the most. It's what we would call the egg style, but it reminds me of a worry stone, right? It's kind of that look, you know, the flat oval. It's comfortable, it's compact, it can be held in your hand. This is a bullet, right, and a bullet is that sort of general shape, rabbit style. It's a dual vibrator, both internal and external, so clitoral and G-spot. And the first ones that became famous kind of had a bunny rabbit right here instead. Um, now there's dolphins or all kinds of other stuff. This is a G-spot uh, style, which has a curve in it. So these are called wands. And I guess it kind of does look like one, but the first, you know, sort of famous one was this big one there that was a plug-in. And uh, now they have a rechargeable. And then they started making smaller versions of them. It used to be, you know, always sort of this half-naked woman on this these clamshell packaging. That's because the industry was meant for men to go into the stores and buy toys, even though the toys were utilized by women. Now women buy their own toys. And I'll say, touch, hold things, feel them, turn them on. Because someone will say what's your favorite or what's your best, or and I'll say that's this is really about you. A lot of times, sex toy stores aren't partially head shops. You have pipes and bongs along with, you know, the sex toys and videos and maybe video booths in the back. You know, they can be those seedy kind of back alley type places that they don't have to be. There are more and more places that are owned by women that really have said, you know, let's look at a woman's aesthetic, let's make this place comfortable for women to come into, which means it has to not have dildos hanging off the ceiling, right? Success to me here is if people come in and they feel comfortable and that I see that comfort. You see this mannequin is not a typical um, size two. When I was setting up, I knew consciously, like I wanted, you know, a couple of mannequins that were more average-sized women. You know, the average-sized woman in the U.S. is a 12 or 14, and mannequins are always like fours. <laughs> like, oh, right, that looks better? Why?
I think that we have a society that uses sex to sell everything, but yet it's regulated pretty heavily in our country. If you think about the struggle for abortion rights, the talk around what people can or can't do with their bodies, the legislation and the legal things that actually legislated what kind of sex people could or couldn't have. And the reason we have to say sex positive in general is because sex is not spoken about in a positive way. Safe sex, even, when we think of that, people think of it as positive. But it's around all negative stuff, right? It's about not getting a disease. It's about not dying. It's, that's really what we mean. So when I talk about safe sex, a lot of times I talk about masturbation because I'm like, huh, it's the safest sex. You're not going to get anything but pleasure. Yeah, there's never a time that I am not willing to talk about sex. Absolutely not. If we had the conversations more often, there'd be a lot more people who were happier and more relaxed. When I was in high school, I was a peer sex education counselor. I think it is therapeutic in just being able to talk, right? Just having someone who is going to not judge you when you come in and ask a question. Because I don't. It's like that was really part of my mission, right? To create a safe, non-judgmental space. I was at the kitchen theater and in the bathroom and someone was like, Thank you so much, that vibrator is great. Or being at farmer's market and having someone grab my arm and be like, I love my vibrator. <laughs> and then me going, okay, I was just coming to get my vegetables, but great, you know? And every once in a while I'll get that look, that sort of slight look of terror, like you know what I bought, <laughs> and now we're out in public. Then it kind of goes away when they realize I'm not going to call them out. I came to Ithaca initially to go to school, um, to go to Cornell. I met someone, and he was in school here, and we stayed. Yeah, and then it just, then I got a job <laughs> that, you know, became sort of a longer-term job than I'd expected, because I thought I would leave. But Ithaca is a great place to start businesses. Oh, I jokingly say, one, you drink the water, then you forget how horrible the winters are, because they suck. I am not a winter person, and but it's beautiful right now. And you're like, oh, it's wonderful. The winter's not so bad. <laughs> and at the fall, you're like, oh, it's the autumn is the best season here. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Look at how wonderful it is. And then by January, you're like, what the f am I doing here? Like, why am I still in Ithaca? And then suddenly, you have the two weeks of spring, and then it's summer, and you're like, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> so it's like collective amnesia. Last night, I looked out, and the stars were beautiful, you know, as I was going to my house, and I was like, right, when I lived in New York City, you could see one star. <laughs> Maybe, right? And you know, and so you'd be looking up. Wow, look at that. And, I can look at my backyard and there might be deer and lightning bugs. It's like, oh, it's gorgeous. It's insanity. It's our collective insanity of living here. That's what it is.
So glad you tuned in to the first episode of season two of our This Is Ithaca podcast. Ithaca sex shop owner Christine Barksdale celebrates Valentine's Day with a big yes to all things generating pleasure. Producers of this show are Marietta Sonotis and me, Florence Gilly. Music, as always, by the incredible Blue Dot Sessions. To stay tuned for upcoming episodes, please make sure to follow us on social media or subscribe to our newsletter. You can hear us online at www.thisithaca.org or on the air at WRFI Community Radio.